uh, open up your scriptures and turn to Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Uh, as you guys turn there, I did want to just give you a bit of news for those of you who haven't heard yet. Um, Jerry and uh, Ellen uh, Green's um, daughter, uh, Sherry, uh, passed away early Friday morning. Uh, she's been battling cancer uh, for, for several years now, and the cancer just took, took a hold uh, and spread fast, and she passed away um, the Friday morning. Uh, the funeral, uh, the celebration of life, will be today at 3 o'clock uh, here at the church. So if you are able to make it, you are welcome. We'd love to, love to have you. Uh, but just be pleased to be praying uh, for Jerry and Ellen and the rest of the family, uh, Joe, and uh, there's a lot of folks who are just, uh, just really hit them hard. So um, I'm going to read um, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 uh, through 13, and then I'm going to pray. Luke chapter 11, starting in the first verse. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place, and when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we, for, we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us and lead us not into temptation. And he said to them, which of you who has a friend will go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves for a friend of mine has arrived on a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within, Do not bother me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his impudence, he will rise and give him whatever he needs. I tell you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be opened. What father among you, if his son asks for a fish, will instead of a fish give him a serpent? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for the abundance of grace you've given us in Christ. Uh, God, we, we bow before you now. And we want to give your name honor. You are holy and righteous um, and powerful and mighty. God, we stand in awe of you. And God, when we enter into your presence, we are so aware of our own sinfulness. God, even this past week, we have um, been irreverent. We have disregarded your word. Uh, We have lived um, in pride, um, not going to you for our daily needs. Forgive us, Lord. We know you who are faithful and just will forgive us our many sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We thank you in Christ. Uh, Father, we do pray for our dear, dear friends, Jerry and Ellen uh, Green, as they mourn uh, and grieve the loss of Sherry. God, we thank you so much for the 52 years of life you've given her. God, we thank you for her joy uh, and her laughter. Uh, Father, we pray that you would just comfort uh, the family, that you would surround them with your grace. Uh, The scriptures say that those who mourn, they will be comforted. So God, we pray that you will uh, comfort um, the family with the the presence of your spirit. God, we also just pray for the gospel uh, to go forth in our own city. Uh, We pray for uh, John Chambers at Remedy Baptist Church. God, we pray that you would just uh, bless him there, God. We pray that you would speak powerfully through him this morning, uh, through the spirit of God. Uh, Father, we we thank you um, for this time now where we get to enter into your own our own time where we get to hear your word. Uh, God, we want to hear from you. 
Lord. Uh, so, Father, I pray that we would just, that you would quiet our minds and hearts, Lord, and that you would give your Holy Spirit, God, give your Holy Spirit to attend the Word as we proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord. God, I pray that you would convict the people here of their sin in regards to um, their sin and judgment and righteousness. God, draw them uh, to yourself, uh, I pray. God, bless this time in your word. We ask this in Jesus Christ's name. Amen. The world has experienced a digital explosion over the last decade. Uh, The digital explosion obviously has impacted our world in many ways. Uh, One of the ways that this explosion has changed our world is by providing us with brand new vocabulary. Words like blog, emojoy, FOMO, MOC, phablet, and selfie have been created as a result of the change in our technology. Uh, One of the most recent words added to the dictionary is a word called humblebrag. The Macmillan Dictionary defines it as a statement in which you pretend to be modest in which you are really using it as a way of telling people about your success and your achievements. Writer and, and, and blogger Tim Shalley's offers a humble blag how-to. This is what he says, tell others what you own. The humble brag is a great way to subtly tell other people about your cherished possessions, while at the same time dropping hints of your excellent financial situation. Quote, when I bought this new Ferrari, no one warned me I'd get pulled over all the time. Unquote. A way to brag about your opportunities. As, you fame, as your fame increases, you will inevitably be given more and more opportunities. Each one of these opportunities gives the possibility of a humble brag, if you know what to do. Quote, my fingers are aching from typing my memoir all day. Make sure they know who you know. Fame is contagious, you know. You can always elevate yourself in the eyes of others by cashing in on a friendship or even just relationships with people more famous than yourself. Make sure the people who follow you know about every famous person you meet. Quote, bumped into my dear friend Tom Hanks at the Academy Awards tonight. He's awesome. Unquote. Tell them about your charity. Humility often works itself out in good deeds, so you will need to be sure to let people know about some of the good things you do. Quote, guy rents my apartment, lost his job. Told him not to worry about his rent this month. Paying it forward, baby. Unquote. Or hide it in a question. Here's another advanced technique. Try hiding your accomplishment in the form of a question. Is anyone else going to be at the White House tonight? It'd be great to meet up. Or does anyone know if you can claim a yacht as a home office? Or just go ahead and declare your humility. Obviously, you want people to know about the great things you've done. But they also need a reassurance that you stayed humble through it all. Here's a great way to do it. Try beginning a social media update with the words, humbled that, and follow it with your milestone or accomplishment. For example, humbled that my album hit the top, billboard top 100. Um, humbled that I am one of the best looking redheads in the room. Right? <laughs> Bragging is an integral part of social media. Uh, I trust this little guide uh, will provide helpful uh, tints on how we can humbly brag about ourselves to the world. And as much, beloved, as much as we want to grow in humility uh, as Christians, it's very easy to adopt this humble brag. We really want others to know of our achievements and our successes. 
The greatest danger of our false humility is that it robs God of His glory. We want to grow in our humility so that we can accurately exalt God and give Him the glory alone. We find this morning's text one of the greatest ways to cultivate genuine humility in the life of the believer. To pray. Prayer will grow your own humility and will give God the glory that He rightly deserves. So I want to challenge you this morning to pray in four specific ways. First, pray perpetually to the God of heaven. Look right there in verse number 1 of chapter 11. Now Jesus was praying in a certain place. Now this is something we see a lot of Jesus. Jesus spends a lot of time praying. Um, and what Jesus asks us to do, he does himself. We just had the story last week of Mary and Martha. Martha was busy serving, but Mary chose the good portion by sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to his words. What's the very next thing we see of the Lord Christ? He chose the good portion. He spent time in prayer with his heavenly Father. If the King of the universe, Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, made spending time with God a priority, Shouldn't we also? Jesus needed his daily communication with God. We do as well. We need to spend time with God in prayer. But you know what makes us avoid spending time in prayer? The opposite of humility, our pride. We know that we need God. We, we know that we should pray. But our practice does not always measure up to our knowledge. So we have to ask ourselves, why don't you pray? I mean, really be honest with yourself. Why don't you spend time with God in prayer? It may be is because we are living as functional atheists. Did he just say that? I did. A functional atheist is one that may believe in God, but lives as if God doesn't exist. One of the reasons we don't pray is that we don't allow our lives to be governed by the truth of God's Word. Prayer is our way of acknowledging that we are but creatures and that God is the one creator. We must work in our lives to be governed by the truth of the Word of God. We pray because we need God. And when we don't pray, regardless of what we say we believe, we are living as functional atheists. We are saying, we don't need you, God. I got this myself. So in those moments when we neglect our time with God and leaning on him as as his creatures, as his children, we are becoming uh, functional atheists. But notice that we must follow Jesus' example and pray. That's exactly what the disciples do in the text. Look, they they watch Jesus pray so regularly. Look at that second half of verse number 1. When he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John taught his disciples. If anyone wants to grow in your own prayer life, I think this is a pretty good place to start. Let's ask Jesus, how do we pray? So if we're at all convicted of of how little we as a people pray, what does Jesus say in his word? Number two, pray properly 
to the God of holiness. Pray properly to the God of holiness. Verse 2, And he said to them, When you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we ourselves forgive others, everyone who is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation. Jesus instructs his, his disciples how to pray. He starts by teaching them who they are addressing. Christians, we pray to God our Father. Now, this is amazing. We can't miss how beautiful it is. Our sin has separated us from God. God is transcendent. He is far above humans. Yet He is a personal God. We call Him Father. Never lose sight that our God is our Father. Through Christ, we become the children of God. Listen to 1 John 11-12. through 12. He came to His own, but His own did not receive Him. But all who did receive Him, who believed in His name, He gave the right to become children of God. Jesus is teaching His disciples how to pray, so He believes that that how we address God is very important. He wants to help us understand who we think God is will affect our prayers. But He goes on, He says, Father, hallowed be Your name. To hallow means to honor as holy. we, We want to give you honor for being a holy and righteous God. So when we address God, we are approaching our holy Father. Now there's dangers in every generation. Uh, there, there, there are some generations that err on the side of for, formality, and they lose some of the, the sense that God is a personal God. And then there are other generations, which I believe is probably the generation of the day, that, that, that loses the sense of reverent awe of God and approach God in informal ways. There's, there's both ways we can kind of fall on the, the spectrum. We can approach God too casually, and we can approach God as if He's not our Father. So we want to approach Him as our Father and honor Him as holy, as set apart. We should pray, we should pray both personally and reverently. This, just notice how God-centered this prayer is that Jesus teaches us. And I think that when we pray God-centered prayers, what happens is, is we become humble and confident in who God is. At the beginning of, of this prayer, Jesus is saying you need to lift your eyes off of yourself and your situation and focus in on God. Father, hallowed be your name. It reminds us that with God, all things are possible. Jesus encourages not, us not only to focus on the character of God, but also on the kingdom of God. So he says, your kingdom come. Three simple words that if you pray will help refocus your life around God because God is a missionary God. God has come to win people to himself. Jesus says this in John 20, 21. Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. God has given us a mission to live for the King of Kings and help build and grow His kingdom. In February 2006, um, my wife said two words to me that changed my life forever. 
I'm pregnant. (laughs) Those two words profoundly change the whole direction of my life. My life was no longer only about me, but it was now about something more. Two words shifted my focus from myself to serve another. I think the same the words that my wife said to me, I'm pregnant, is the words that Jesus gives us, your kingdom come. Should have the same effect on our lives. So when we pray these words, we should shift focus off of ourselves to serve one another. Those three words should remind us to be to live, that we are called to live for something more than just ourselves. To live for something bigger and far greater than ourselves. Your kingdom come. Prayer helps us stay on mission. Verse 3, you see Jesus saying, Give us each day our daily bread. Reminds us of our daily need for God's provision. I think if you look at the context of the passage, coming off the, the Mary and Martha story, that it probably means two things. That we want to trust God for our daily physical food. Um, in our house, my kids often come in the morning and they say, we want breakfast. And my wife goes, I just fed you yesterday. You want to eat again? She's like, mommy, we, we, eat, we have to eat every day and three times a day, right? I think that is God's way of reminding us that we are creatures. We are dependent on food for life. We can't survive if we don't eat regularly. The same, the same way is us spiritually. We cannot survive spiritually unless we feed on God's word daily. Give us our daily bread, both physically, physical bread we want to focus on today, but also that spiritual nourishment. So every time you eat, remind yourself of spending time with the Lord. And sometimes you can do that simply by offering a prayer before you eat. And not the prayers that I often am convicted by doing because I'm so hungry. Dear God, thank you for this food. In Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we just take a, take a, teach ourselves to slow down and remind us, Father, you are so holy. Thank you so much for providing us with this daily nourishment. God, we pray that you would use it to, to build us up so that we can stay on mission for you. Just daily, work those into your prayers and how you eat. Because I think if we open our eyes to the world around us, we can see everything in life helps us experience God's glory. Everything in all this world was created for the glory of God. If we slow down long enough and we see, we can see how God is using things in the natural world to show us himself. Verse 4, it says, And forgive us our sins, for we ourselves forgive everyone who is indebted to us. Now we are sinners, and we need forgiveness. The daily confessions of sin will change how you live. Take one minute. This week, take one minute at the start of your day, at the middle of your day, and at the end of your day to just confess your sins of the day. One by one, list them and name them. How would your daily relationships with the people that you love change if you focused more on how God has forgiven you of your sins and not how others have sinned against you? See, God's forgiveness of our sin should always show itself 
and how we treat others. Because as God has forgiven us, we should graciously forgive others of their sin against us. Isn't this the heart of the gospel message of Christ? Listen to 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 18 through 21. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and trusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Beloved, do you see that every time we confess our sins, we are putting our trust in the gospel? We see that God did not count our trespasses against us, but put our trespasses, our sins, our iniquities on Jesus Christ. For our sake, for our sake, God made Jesus to be sin, the sinless Savior, so my sinful soul would be counted free. Every confession of sin helps us to, be, to remember and to trust in the gospel of Christ. So we rejoice in that Jesus Christ has paid for all our sin in his death, in his death, life, and in his resurrection. And when we realize that the holy God of the universe has forgiven us of our sins, when we should be rightfully condemned to hell for all eternity, when we realize that, we will not be petty towards those who sin against us. Because God has forgiven you. We become Christ's ambassadors, pleading with others to be reconciled to God. Your kingdom come, Lord. If we believe that we want God's kingdom to come, we would be willing to endure anything in this life. I am willing to be persecuted for your kingdom to come. I am willing to face physical ailment if your kingdom comes. I am willing to endure your kingdom come. Prayer changes us. Now, friend, if you are here today and you are not a believer in Christ, you've never been reconciled to God, Please understand how important this is. You have to get right with God. You are a sinner. Your sin has separated you from God. The Bible says that your sin must be paid for if God's name is to be hallowed. See, God's name cannot be holy if he does not punish sin. He is perfect in his holiness and justice. But the good news is that God sent His Son, Jesus, to be punished for us, to be made sin, that we might become the righteousness of God. See, God's holy wrath was placed on Christ so it wouldn't be placed on us. See, you must trust in Jesus' death, life, and resurrection as your only hope for salvation. This is why we as a church want to give you that message don't we? We want to live for that message. We implore you for the sake of Christ, be reconciled to God. This is why we share testimonies like Chris and how Chris was reconciled to God through Christ. 
and our hearts rejoice in that. See, our confession of sin will naturally lead us not to want to sin again. Doesn't that happen every time you confess sin? It kind of like sin's power over your life is cut. So after, that, after we confess that sin, we always, we're reminded of our frail humanity and the weakness in our own flesh, and we go to God and we say this, and we say, God, lead us not into temptation. Lead us not into temptation. We must not be passive in our prayer, but passionate. So I have two more points, uh, which I'm going to pick up next week, right? Uh, for, for the grace of everyone here, and I love you. Um, but we want to continue this idea of praying I think we should probably space it out for one more week. That sound like a good idea? Sound like a good idea? Because I can keep going, bro. I'm just getting warmed up. Um, uh, beloved, we want to pray. Um, we want to pray perpetually, continually, regularly, as our Lord Jesus did. We don't want to become like uh, the rest of the world who say we believe one thing, but we live a different way. And we want to pray properly to our God who is holy. Let let us do that now. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who've trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.